The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I am Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and I want to thank you all for joining me here on Plant Profits today. I got a very, very important and a very interesting guest uh, to share with you today, Mr. Tom Brodeur. Tom is the CEO of Sky Wellness in the industry and just recently into packaging systems. And I said, and. So he's got both of these things rolling and I think that's pretty awesome. Tom, how are you? I hope, uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, Vern. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation when I found that it was coming because I, and we're going to talk about, you know, something that's really important in, in the uh, industry uh, right now. And that's, you know, creating brand, um, creating value uh, for businesses, differentiation of businesses with so many products and SKUs and, 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 um, identifications out there as a consumer, uh, what's going to resonate with me? Uh, and that's what brands do. So um, hopefully we'll get into some of those those discussions today and with some real life examples of what you're actually doing. And I, I think that'll be uh, great for everyone. But man, I just want to know, a guy with this, this background you have, and it's diverse, and we're going to talk about some of the things you've done. We won't be able to talk about it. It's a half an hour show. So we won't be able to talk about everything you've done, but we'll talk about some of the, I picked a few things that I want people to really understand and put this story together. Now, you went to Youngstown I State. I did. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got to ask, when the last time you've been on campus? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a that's a loaded question. I want to say, Vern, probably maybe two years after I graduated. So back in the mid nineties and I haven't go. been back. I haven't been back since yeah. I was one of those, one of those kids that was born in a big city. I was born in Miami, Florida. Okay. My mother thought it was wiser to raise us in a small town in the okay. Midwest. So in Northeast Ohio is where I grew up in Youngstown. As soon as I graduated, I think it was eight days later, yeah. I packed everything I owned in my car and I went West. So, and I have been here ever since. So, so mom, I'm giving this exactly, exactly. I, I, it was it was for all of that pushing, all that prodding, and all of her uh, sergeant in the air force. Uh, see, just rigor oh. in my uh, education oh. that we got even through so it. Mom so, came, there you mom came. Mom had a service <laughs> background. My mother was a sergeant in the Air Force, one of the first 3,000 women to ever be um, an officer in any of the four branches of the military. Yeah, so she was a tough cookie. We still call her Sergeant Barb to this day, all my friends. Really? <laughs> yep. She, and, and, and it fits. She's right? been marching. She's been marching people since I can remember, and it's still happening. So, yeah. So, so that's crazy. How many siblings? I mean, how many folks just like you? I'm, an, I'm an only, Bob, I'm an only child. I think my mom okay. got worn out with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that is great. What did you get from your mom, though? That that you know sticks with you today. You know, um, I'm my work ethic without question. I mean, yeah. there was no there was no room for slacking. Uh, my mother was a single parent. 
Okay. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. so academics, you know, she was a, she was a GED graduate. She didn't even graduate high school. She got her GED after she left school early. So for, for me, education was always an emphasis point for her and the right. idea, like many parents, right, Vern, is you're going to do better than I did. And so right. I'm going to force you to love something you might not like so much until you start to appreciate it. And I'm grateful for that. And then yeah. my work ethic, um, and yeah. I started working, you know, odd jobs, odds and ends when I was 10, 11 years old. And, um, and I've been working ever since. So now was that because you wanted to, you were bored, you were curious, or because she thought that was a good idea for you to get out there a little bit? Well, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. I, I grew up pretty poor. Okay. Um, and so um, there were times in my teens where it was my mom and I together paying our bills. So, um, okay. you know, just, just was a function of, it was sort of a necessity, um, but mm -hmm. I didn't mind it. Um, we made, we, we, we made fun out of the hard stuff. Sure. And if we could earn a little bit of money and take care of some things along the way, we did that too. So um, we kind of grew up together. My mom would probably tell you that if she was on this podcast, she was a very young mom. Um, okay. She and my father split up right, right as I was about to, to be born. They had been married for a few years and my dad decided he didn't want to, he didn't want the responsibility of kids. Mm. And so my mom was like, all right, well, I got, got this so mm -hmm. we'll figure it out and um and we've been buddies ever since so oh, that's 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 great yep uh and you guys are close today super close oh that's that's man tom yeah that's great that's that's awesome that's awesome so you went out <laughs> you, you loaded this damn car up you, did. you went out west did you have something you were going to except you want you knew it was different over there and you wanted to be there and did you trust that you were gonna you're gonna figure it out or, or did you have a i had nothing um okay. I I literally had visited Phoenix, Arizona okay. a year before. Uh, I will say this. My, my best childhood friend was going to Arizona State University. And okay. for years, he had said to me, you've got to come out here. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I went out to visit and I loved okay. it. I think more than anything, Vern, I loved the warm weather and I didn't have to scrape ice off my windows I, in the winter. I, so I think that was the biggest motivation. Yeah. But I didn't, have, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a lead. I just had faith that I knew how to work mm -hmm. hard and, um, and I'd figure it out when I got there. Um, I had 650 bucks in my pocket. I put a deposit on an apartment um, and I found a job three days later uh, without any furniture, with just the clothes on my back and just kind of started. That is cool. That, that's a great story. That's entrepreneurialism is born that way. Mm -hmm. It's just so many, I've heard so many stories like that on this show. Uh, it's it's kind of really crazy how eerie truth uh, comes out uh, in that question. Now, the, the the other thing I'm really curious about: when did you know it was marketing for you? Oh, you know, because you, you've been doing it consistently for decades, a couple decades, three. I, decades. I never knew. Yeah. So uh, I went uh, to school. My degrees were economics and political science. So I uh, had two degrees um, uh, that I graduated with, and I thought I was going to go to law school and be a lawyer. Okay. And but I was so tired. I was on the five-year plan. It took me five years to get through undergrad. Yeah. And so by the time it came to law school, um, I did the LSATs and submitted all my applications. Okay. I got accepted and, and uh, waitlisted to a couple of big schools. Stanford was one, Columbia was another. Uh -huh. And I realized I didn't have the money outside of the scholarship money to actually, you know, get through the academic side of things. I didn't have the money to live in either of those cities. In your first year of law school, you can't work. It's just impossible to do. Right. 
And so I was like, well, I'm just going to go get a job. I'll wait list for a year. I'll save up enough money so I can afford lodging and decide then which school I want to go to. And then I'll go back for law school. I got so had so much fun working. I was like, forget it. I'm not going to law school. So I never went. <laughs> so, and every attorney I've ever met since then has told me I made a better choice. So you know. <laughs> I was going, I, I was thinking that <laughs> I was definitely thinking that sure. <laughs> that's great. So marketing that, that was marketing was yeah. really by was really by accident. Okay. I didn't know I had any sort of um, gift for it. Um, is it a gift? It. But the baton mm. is it a gift? Because I, I'm, you know, I've come out of consumer brands, consumer products, mm -hmm. my whole life. Um, branding is marketing has been very important to whatever success I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And the, the question is it a gift? You know, for me, I guess, I guess because I didn't believe Vern that I had a specific aptitude for it, um, uh -huh. or I, I didn't really know um, I would be good at it until a guy named Bob Parsons hired me to come to a little company called Joe Max Technologies. We would rebrand it GoDaddy and launch it as, and I was the first chief marketing officer there. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I was good at that until you somebody else told me, go do yeah. it. We'll see if you're good at it or not. So I honestly do think in many ways it's a gift, but I think what prepared me for that work was that my background in economics and statistics was I always thought um, in two lanes. One was, do the numbers make sense? Mm -hmm. And two were, can I compel somebody to do something with what I'm about to say, mm -hmm. what I'm about to present to them, what I'm about to create, and then will the numbers support it? So numbers came first, then can I tell a story that actually makes any sense to a market? Mm -hmm. And then are there numbers to support whether or not that story will get told to enough people that the business itself will actually grow? That is quite interesting. I want to add, well, I want us to go a little deeper into that and the GoDaddy experience because to your point, I'm sure it set a foundation for you and gave you a lot of confidence that you didn't have because you didn't know. I didn't. And not, right. So, hey, look, we're going to take a quick break and, and come back to that uh, on the other side. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. I want to thank all of you for joining Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today, I'm enjoying this chat with Tom Brodeur. CEO of Sky Wellness and Into Packaging Systems. We'll be right back. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back. This is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. I want to thank all of you for joining us here today. Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Mr. Tom Brodeur. Tom is the CEO of Sky Wellness and Into Packaging Systems. Now, Tom, before the break, we were really having a good discussion and you were talking about you know, kind of marketing discovered you, right? You were you you found this this thing that we all now know is really cool. And it's a platform that has got to be number one in what it does. GoDaddy yeah. uh, was 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 what got you there. And we've all seen your work through GoDaddy, right? In fact, uh, back in the early 2000s, when this thing started to happen, man, it was it was uh, quite interesting how you started advertising GoDaddy, and and but you got everybody's attention. Yes, you got everybody's attention, and I think that's that is, was very very critical. Um, talk about some of the accomplishments 
that actually happened at GoDaddy that, you know, that, that you use as a model today? Well, I mean, I think, you know, what I learned there yeah. um, more than anything sort of at a, at a 30,000 foot level was to be fearless. And it was to, because I didn't know what I didn't know, Vern, I was a sponge for asking questions. I was a sponge for collecting information. I was a sponge for feedback. And, and as you probably rightly understood, there was quite a bit of negative feedback along with positive feedback during my early days, certainly at GoDaddy because of some of the choices that we made to get attention um, with the business. But um, but but listening, being fearless was one thing I learned that was really, really important. And I think an accomplishment because I think mm-hmm. so many of us sort of contain ourselves uh, in sort of pre-made boxes. Um, and I always hated the saying, think outside the box, but it was really true in yeah. that many of us sort of as we grow through either our education or our work experiences kind of put ourselves in containers because we believe there's a certain way we need to behave, certain way we need to make decisions and certain things we need to do. But being fearless taught me there's nothing to lose other than you might frustrate some people, you might you might lose sometimes in terms of you didn't make all the right decisions, but you made more good ones than bad and all that. And so for me, this was always an exercise of math and science. It was if I do things enough times, I'll do more positive than I will negative and I will learn from the things that, that didn't go well. So fearlessness was one. The second thing was really kind of lean into your convictions. If your gut is telling you something you really need to listen to it and trust it. And I was always the marketing officer or the operating officer in a business that would say, go tell me why. Mm-hmm. Find all the data in the market that tells me why this is the wrong move to make. Mm-hmm. I was never the guy that was like, let me go find the information that that validates my thesis mm-hmm. or that validates my point of view. I went the opposite of that. I was okay. like, this is what I think is right. Mm-hmm. This is what my gut is telling me, but I need my team or I need others in the building to challenge why I shouldn't, why we should go a different direction mm-hmm. or whatever. And I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. And I think those were the sort of two driving principles of, of sort of my leadership style in general and why I became confident over time in what I could do was because I failed plenty of times, of course. but I was never afraid to get input about it. I never took it personal. I never thought I was a failure because the idea didn't work right, um, or what have you. And I think that's really important. Awesome. Well, I think that is, uh, I mean, if you, if you're not fearless and you're a marketer, you're going to get eaten alive. You're not going to be a marketer much longer, right? I think that's true. I mean, and look, we've seen it, right? Chief marketing officers were the second coming of Christ in the early 2000s, right? And then all of a sudden they disappeared and people stopped talking about them. And then chief information officers became the thing. And then that disappeared. And then chief strategy officers became a thing. And then that disappeared. Then you were a chief information and strategy officer. Then you were a chief information (laughs) and marketing officer. I was like, there's so many acronyms. I'm dizzy. But at the end of the day, you either do a thing functionally or you don't, yeah. you're either good at it or you're not. Right, and if right. you're not lean into what you are good at and go, go take that path. It just happened to be that marketing found me and, and it worked. That is so crazy. And it, that is absolutely so true. You know, uh, I'm in the, the talent business in the, in the people business. And um, I remember, you know, telling folks, you want to be the CMO, you know, it's an 18 month stint. That's all. Right. Right. Remember, <laughs> right. 
It's, a, it's unemployment 18 months from now, so start getting ready. <laughs> it's a true story. Absolutely. Yeah. That is it's crazy because, because the, you know, it was almost like, okay, I'm going to go hire this magician and they're going to make things happen. And, and none of this marketing stuff happens unless the whole elephant moves with it. That's a true you know? story. <laughs> and that was, you know, that's been the heart. That was the hardest yeah. lesson when I was a marketing officer was getting the whole elephant to move, right? Because yeah. there was this perception and I don't think it's much this way anymore, but it used to be because we didn't talk about data and analytics and mm -hmm. sort of data-driven decision-making and marketing and all of that, yet that sort of was my bias. Mm -hmm. So before we talked about it, it was what I did. And so that's why I lasted longer in those roles. Mm -hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is there was always this internal sort of smirky thing in just about any company I worked in, which is marketing hangs the drapes and puts the new flooring in the building. And that's really all they do. <laughs> but because people knew I had an economics and sort of in statistics background, they yeah. were like, that guy's different. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he understands the drapes and the, the flooring and all that, but, mm -hmm. but he thinks differently and he thinks from a consumer or an end customer's point of view and starts there and goes backwards, backwards. Yeah. yeah that's so smart and that 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 works that really works if you can be disciplined enough to stay in that lane and, and that thought process and to your point as people prove me wrong right we'll do what's right prove that's me wrong exactly right yeah. and i never i never was wed to my own yeah. ideas in a way that restricted us from changing things yeah no, so, that's great. That, that's great. And I'm sure the folks that you led really appreciate that because they grew in those challenges. They grew in those challenges. They Everybody got smarter. Everybody got smarter. Yeah. Right. Everybody. And the, the idea probably tweaked and was a little different, but it was better. It was always. It always, <laughs> it always is when. I mean, look, you've got to have a, you've got to have a tough skin in any brand building exercise yeah. anyways. Um, because not only are you dealing with internal forces, sometimes of inertia, right? Sometimes of inactivity, other times of skepticism, but you're dealing with external forces, right? There's market forces. There are competitive forces you're dealing with. There are unplanned for, you know, sort of shifts in market, consumer behavior, uh, macroeconomic issues that microeconomically impact individuals and the way they decide. Sure. And they decided this way six months ago, but now with income changes, they decide this way six months later. You know, you have to deal with all of that. And so you have to be flexible. Uh, again, you gotta be fearless. You have to believe in your point of view and you have to be willing to defend it, but then you got to be flexible when, when you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them mm -hmm. is kind of the old Kenny Rogers song, right? It's right. true. And you yeah. have to do that, I think. Right. So tell me, how'd you get yeah. into the pageant business? Oh gosh. <laughs> so I had a high school uh, girlfriend who competed uh, in pageants. Oh, God, I feel like I'm dating myself a thousand years ago. And um, she competed in the Miss Ohio USA pageant in 1986 when Halle Berry won Miss Ohio. And Halle went on, of course, you know, to be like first runner up at Miss USA. She lost yeah. a tall blonde Texan, but then of course, we know more about Halle Berry these days than we do the woman who beat her. So, yeah, exactly. um, but it was sort of a, sort of a, bug, <laughs> sort of a bug that bit me. My mom and I used to watch them all the time. as kind of like a fantasy Island escape from our, our little, our little world, like kind of like reality television is today. Right. Yeah. Watches real housewives of Beverly Hills wants to live that lifestyle because they don't. Right. So pageants were that for me back when I was a kid with my mom, it was just kind of a fun escape. And then, um, and then I had a girlfriend that competed in, in high school. And so I started to sort of get a around and get involved in it. 
but it's an eclectic uh, group of folks. I mean, some of us describe the business as, you know, um, what is it? Uh, the D-list from an entertainment perspective, I always thought it was sort of a life-changing uh, kind of platform for a lot of people because you've seen a lot of, of young women create amazing things in their lives, careers mm -hmm. and pass forward and so forth because of that platform. And so I believe it to be a much different thing than the entertainment glitzy glamour stuff that you see on television. No, that's that that's cool. What you've been in a pageant business for 30 years. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> right, right. So I mean, that's that that's kind of an overlap of your whole career. I mean, that or an underlap, overlap, whatever you want to call it. It's a foundational piece, yeah, of of what you've you've always always done. Did you create some businesses to come right out of because the pageants were there and it's successful, and the people that were in the room were there? Some things born uh, out of out of those experiences. I think sort of, you know, even less than maybe than businesses or specific uh, things, I think just there was this ethos, right? I, I understood at a very, and, and Megan, this is maybe when marketing found me from a vocation perspective, and I didn't understand that it would, but I would watch, you know, these young women, including at the time, the gal that I was dating in high school, really um, build a brand around themselves ah, yeah, um, yeah, to present, yeah, right, yeah. to a judge's panel, to an audience, uh, to a pageant platform they were competing in right. um, with messaging, positioning. How were they different from the other 54 girls or 65 girls or 32 girls or whatever they were competing with? And so to me, I think maybe almost by osmosis, I was learning what branding, messaging, and positioning was through that space. And then it became sort of a hobby for me because it wasn't my vocation, right? I went into tech and media and then spent most of my career there. But but funny, you know, coming back full circle in 2017 when I was the CEO of Yandy.com, right? Mm -hmm. Which was, you know, one of the largest, it still is, um, e-commerce platforms for, you know, women's, you know, undergear, lingerie, swimwear, mm -hmm. whatever. We were the official swim sponsor uh, for Miss USA and and all of that that year. So it was sort of like old old home week, right? For yeah. me, yeah. Um, because yeah. It, it was 28 years later and I'm running a brand that's yeah. actually, you know, wardrobing women that I used to watch on TV as a kid. Yeah, no, that's, that's gotta be a cool, cool experience. Where did this cannabis or cannabis like or CBD? Uh, so Sky Wellness, your business. Yep. Sky Wellness is THC free CBD. Correct. Right. And how did how did you get involved in that? Because man, this is the hardest thing. I'm telling you, this is gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done. I think it's so another I, another accident, Vern. Honestly, yeah. um, I was sitting in a room uh, yeah. of of cannabis. Uh, investors yeah. who had uh, dispensaries and cultivations and grows in Arizona. Okay, There was a group of people in that room uh, who were pitching uh, this cannabis uh, private equity, I would call it a family office private equity okay. group, okay. Uh, to try and secure funding for one of their, you know, cannabis related or cannabis industry adjacent startups. Mm -hmm. And I was in the room um, as an observer of their pitch so I could give them feedback. Okay. So at their request, so I could give them feedback on how they could improve, et cetera. And long story short, um, one of the lead investors that, that was being pitched asked if I would stay in the room um, mm -hmm. to have a meeting after that meeting. Mm -hmm. And so I did. 
And he said, look, um, of all the people sitting here, you were the quietest. Mm -hmm. But when you spoke, you were the smartest mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And and he and I'd never heard that before because mm -hmm. I was always the guy that was taught to not try to be the smartest guy in the room. I was right. always taught you you know be humble, bring others forward, you know shine a light elsewhere, and all that. And I said to him, I said, okay, well I appreciate that. Like I don't know why I'm in here for a meeting uh, for a compliment, right? Mm -hmm. And um and he said, I want to talk to you about um, a CBD spinoff we want to do from our dispensary business. Would you come in and do a branding exercise with us, do a workshop and help us understand how to separate these two uh, so we can create distinct personalities? And I said, sure. So I had a contract for 90 days. Mm -hmm. I did a feasibility study and a branding exercise. And um, on month four, they were like, will you come be the CEO of this? And I said, Sure. <laughs> we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it right there. We're going to take a quick break. This is Vern Davis and you're listening to Plant Profits and I'm your host. My guest today, Mr. Tom Brodeur. He is the CEO of Sky Wellness and Into Packaging. And uh, when we come back, we're going to learn more about both. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Well, welcome back to Plant Profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis. My guest today is Tom Brodeur, CEO of Sky Wellness and Into Packaging. Hey, look, um, we're talking about how you got involved with, with, with Sky Wellness. Um, and, and, and now you're also involved, you're the CEO of Into Packaging Systems, which um, is compliant and sustainable packaging for the industry, which is awesome. We need that. That's critical to success here. And it's part of the brand. So packaging is always part of the brand. So ha having said all of that, let's, let's talk about going back to Sky Wellness, right? You got this gig because you were kind of consulting in a meeting and they wanted you to come back and, 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 and work with this, which I would imagine now it's called Sky Wellness uh, product and, and see what you could do to separate it from the other products, et cetera. And, and uh, so finish off that story. So we had to just create separation between yeah. Sky Wellness, the CBD brand, and the dispensary and THC business that it was born out of. And so what ultimately wound up happening is the rebrand happened on the dispensary side, not on our side. So I kept uh, the Sky Wellness name yeah. um, and moved, well, I, I kept the Sky name and added wellness to it so that we could position ourselves as a wellness company nice touch. in the CBD yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, THC business renamed itself. And, uh, and they're doing better under a different brand name anyway. So that was good. It turned out to be the right move. That's great. That is awesome. That is great. That and, is you know, great. three years three years later, Vern, um, I mean, you're going into three years later. It'll be three years in February of 2022 that I will have been um, CEO of the company. We are now um, five house brands, 102 SKUs in almost 4,000 retail stores, 15,000 retail stores by the end of next year. Wow and growing 300% year over year. And, um, you know, product of the year by CSP Magazine, by I saw uh, all of that. Grocer Winsight, all of that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, God's been good to us and I feel really blessed and lucky to work with the team that I have because yeah. they're geniuses. And I mean that, and they're the hardest working people, honestly, of any team I've ever worked with. They work like I do, which was always rare and time at times a rub in my previous yeah. career. Yeah, no, I understand. And, and, and you guys have to, to be su as successful as you are. Why did you, why did you jump on the into packaging? So yeah. common, common shareholders, right? This little oh, family, this family, family office, friends. Yeah. yeah, this family office was like, 
we're also invested in a packaging company. We feel mm-hmm. like um, it's reached a certain point and then now it needs a kind of boost to the way the company thinks. Um, it needs more strategy and less sort of hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. And we think you might be that guy. And um, and so myself and my chief operating officer from Sky Wellness, I dragged her with me. And so we both, uh, we both, both companies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, the people beneath that has got to be really good on both sides. They're very good. Uh-huh. So I'm yeah, both companies. No, yeah. that 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 is that is absolutely wonderful. I tell you what, Tom, you have a fascinating background that you bring uh, to this environment that we're in and in, in the cannabis world, and I, I think it is serving you so well. You know, um, back to who raised you, how you grew up. You know, eating humble pie at Youngstown State, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, wanting to be an attorney and figured out this, hey, I'm going to do something different because the numbers don't work right now for that, right? And then never going back to that, but being extremely extraordinarily successful, which I, I just, I love the story. And I think we're all going to benefit from it, man. I really do. And I know we will. And something tells me you're going to make Sky Wellness and into packaging systems of household names in the industry, and you're going to do a lot more. You're not nearly done. I don't think so. I don't think I'm ready to retire yet. I don't think my 75-year-old mother would even let me if I could. <laughs> Get back on it. Get back on it. Exactly. I could hear her telling you that, man. I know enough exactly. about Barbara. I could hear her telling you that, but I, I really appreciate you being here on the show and sharing all of this with us, and thank you. Thank you uh, very much. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis, and my guest today, so cool, Mr. Tom Brodeur, who's the CEO of Sky Wellness and Into Packaging. And uh, Tom, thank you uh, very, very well. I really appreciate uh, all that you did here today on the show. And I want all of you to go and find Plant Profits and download episodes of Plant Profits and find this episode with Tom Brodeur. And I think you'll be very, very happy about what we talked about here today. And you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, CannabisRadio.com. Of course, there are partners here, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere you get it, Plant Profits is there. And find the Tom Brodeur um, episode, and I think you'll download that. I think you'll love that. Follow Produce Global, my company, uh, through our social networks, and we're on all of them and all the platforms, LinkedIn, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, we are there. And you can really, you take a look at that, you can really understand finally how we're building companies and how we're consistently changing people's lives and what we do. That's protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Uh, Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.